In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Hello, beautiful friends. I'm Natalie. And I'm Claudine. And this is Shokran Very Much, the podcast. And this week's episode is called Mental Health. Mental health is such an important under-addressed topic in the Coptic community. And so when we decided we wanted to tackle it on Shukran very much, we wanted a speaker who could really help us get across the important messages that we may be missing. For the past 20 years, our speaker has been serving in the Christian community. He earned a master's in marriage and family therapy and leads a couple and life coaching practice. With clients all across the world, he delivers over 70 lectures a year on spirituality, leadership, mental health, and rational health. We are so excited to be tackling this huge topic with none other than Makar Nagib. Okay, so we're going to jump to the icebreaker, okay? Okay, wow, there's an icebreaker. There's an icebreaker. What? Yes! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if you had to delete all the apps from your phone except for three, which ones would you keep? Wow. (laughs) Okay. Wait, so can I keep the um can I keep like the baseline um yeah. like Apple apps like messages and yeah, mail? Yeah, you can keep the basic yeah. apps are there. Okay. Like three add-on apps. Yeah. Okay. It would be um the X app formerly known as Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um it would be uh the Coptic Reader app. And uh cuz I need that. <laughs> like in, in, in general and uh and i would keep whatsapp whatsapp's yeah. important whatsapp's yeah. important keeps yeah. you updated church yeah. communications yeah and it helps me um live with the android users no i'm just kidding oh. yeah. <laughs> what are the mental health challenges you think are faced by egyptian immigrants and their communities like how do you feel like their adaptation to the new cultural values versus the values they bring from Egypt, you know? Hmm. So like adapting to the newer culture, leaving some of it behind, um, you know, like the Egyptian culture is very collective, very family based. How do you think that impacts it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, so that's a very, there's a lot of parts to that question. So, uh, so just to make sure I'm fine, the question like mm-hmm. the question is how does how does the Egypt someone coming from Egypt mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of acclimate to or integrate themselves or in a healthy way with the American or the Western culture while also well, I guess what yeah. I'm asking is, <laughs> yeah. like, they're doing all those things because they immigrated. How do you think all those things are impacting their mental health? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's... Okay, so, so when someone comes, leaves their country... Yeah. And they're, they're basically, they have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to figure it out. And how does that affect their mental health? Well, I mean, there's so many aspects to it. I mean, number one, usually if you're leaving anything there's grief mm-hmm. there's a loss and and you know as much as we might say like oh my gosh the blessing of coming to america and blah 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 <laughs> blah. i mean yeah sure like yeah. yeah but it doesn't mean that you didn't lo- give something up you're not leaving something behind and a lot of times you don't know when you're gonna go back you don't have like all these clear plans for the future yeah. you're just you have this opportunity you're gonna seize it 
Um, so there's grief, which is which is hard. It was very hard. Um, and then also, I mean, there's so many factors here. I mean, honestly, we could spend hours and hours on this mm-hmm. because also it, it what what do you who like who is leaving like who is the person who's leaving are they someone who has you know money or not are they someone who has education or not at what age are they leaving you know if you're if you're leaving when you're younger when you're like if you're leaving it when you're four years old yeah um you're probably gonna have a lot easier of a time uh than someone who's leaving when they're 24 years old you know or even 14 um uh, so there, there's definitely, I guess maybe, so so you could actually find yourself hitting a lot of obstacles uh, depending on the condition in which you're entering into culture and also the type of resources that you have available to you. I mean, just because you come to an Egyptian community in the U.S., that could mean a, a hundred different things. Yeah. I mean, you can come to a, a, an Egyptian community of of first generation immigrants which which would probably be a lot more helpful mm-hmm. um, or you could come to an egyptian community with like second third fourth generation immigrants like 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 a remo- fourth generation removed from the immigrating generation and that's going to be a whole different situation um and then also there is your mental health before you left so <laughs> like that's a whole other thing so i guess maybe just to to keep this helpful um, rather than just analyzing things. Um, I would say that a a big thing that's going to affect a person's mental health coming into the U.S. is going to be the resources that they have available to them Mm -hmm. when they arrive, some of which are resources that they came with. Uh, There's financial resources, but there's also spiritual resources, like your relationship with God, your ability to kind of see hope in difficult times, your ability to to believe that he is with you, regardless of the circumstances. Then there's social resources, like people who are willing to listen to you, hang out with you. Uh, Also, those those also social resources are also people who like help you maybe get yourself, you know, standing on your own feet, like working, studying, helping you figure out applications, all that stuff. and uh, so I think that's that's really what's going to affect someone. But it can go in like in a thousand different directions, and um, it often doesn't go well, sadly. Um, yeah. And and we one one thing we need to do when someone is is coming to the U.S. probably or just leaving their their homeland. Mm-hmm. I I want to encourage everyone to look at when they're approaching them to say like this person could potentially be in the middle of an existential crisis like all of life has been turned upside down for them and we got to be a sensitive and, and caring like willing to give to these people like not not necessarily financially but just time listening you know hey like yeah. how's your day like what's going on like what do you need help with and um, you know, how does this work? Do you need, do you need to, you need to go with you to some office? Do you need to translate something? Do you need to enter, you need help filling out a form? Like, what do you need? You need to learn how the yeah. education system works, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. All right. Yeah. If you want me to talk more about it, I can, but we could mm-hmm. spend hours and hours on this. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess to add on that a little bit, let's say, so now we talked about like right when they came, let's say they've been there a while, 
right? They move, now they have this child, right? And this child is adapted to this new culture. Yeah. We're talking about like a hypothetical couple with like parents. They have <laughs> this child and yeah. now... You're basically talking about all of our parents. Yeah. And so now there's academic pressure, career pressure, you know. How do you think all of these pressures that come from good, like at their root, like good values, good expectations to set, but just the way that it's going about like hey, your only job is to study and like stuff like that how do you think that impacts someone's mental health yeah i mean there's a tremendous amount of emotional neglect that happens mm-hmm. and not because the parents and this is of course doesn't apply to everyone but just it's just very common i think it's it's worth addressing that there's a lot of emotional neglect that happens because sometimes we're we're not aware of the emotional needs that our children have. Like we don't realize that, you know, they're processing things. They're, they have identity questions. They're, they might be sad. And if you're not in tune with that, like what usually in, like, I mean, here we are recording in the U S and the States. So like, you know, usually we're not, worried about whether or not you're going to eat like eating is not even a thing we think about like whether or not you're going to eat in general or you're going to go hungry is not even a thing we think about Mm -hmm. because of the the way we live our lives by god's grace and and hard our hard work so so what's left it's it's like we got to have a good relationship with each other and like we we have to listen to each other and connect and talk and so I mean, so many of my my clients um, are they have good careers, but you could have a good career and 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 your your life is a disaster yeah. because your emotions were neglected your whole life as a child, so you failed. You're terribly underdeveloped emotionally, and then you know you're faced with a with a spouse. You got to talk to your spouse, you know, like, oh, my gosh, what? Yeah, you got to talk with your spouse. You got to have a conversation. And then your kids, you got to talk with them, too, and see how they're doing. And you don't know how to handle stress. You don't know how to manage your anger. Like, you just, you, you blow up or, or whatever it is. Or you have very unhealthy coping, you know, um, uh, mechanisms and, and, and responses. So um, that's that's kind of that's the big gap which is that in in our middle eastern culture we, we come from a collectivistic culture where parents there, there's like a very rigid hierarchy in the family where like children listen to parents and even the parents if the grandparents are there the parents listen to the grandparents yeah. so yeah like like it depends on kind of which part of the culture you're you're in but so we can't be um we gotta, we gotta like, we gotta start to see everyone's emotions as being equal. The parents' emotions are not more important than the child's, and you know, if if you're not connecting with the child and and having a healthy emotional relationship, which is all your, which the emotional relationship is all you're gonna have later on, mm-hmm. after they get old and launch out of the house, um, you're on your way to to having to your child not doing not leading a life that you're going to be very proud of mm-hmm. you know like maybe maybe they'll get married but that's easy getting married is easy <laughs> yeah. stay being happily married is what's hard yeah and and they're not gonna they might they're very unlikely to be happily married if you have neglected their emotions 
because all you were focused on is is academic success like you know so what like yeah. like like like, like <laughs> why why be academically successful if you lose your soul you lose you don't have a you can't have a happy marriage every time you walk into your house you're <laughs> sad and unhappy like okay fine you're uh whatever you're very successful i don't know like engineer yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. but, but but you're unhappy you go yeah. home and you're sad yeah. and, and your kids don't like you and, and all that it's like so what it's yeah. not worth it mm-hmm. you know yeah well i'm gonna t- take a little bit of a shift sure. um so i think we all come up across difficult people in our lives people who are just stubborn people that don't listen to us people mm. who are pushy what advice do you have with dealing with these type of people? And I know it kind of depends on the situation, whether he's like my spouse or my friend. Um, but how in general would you deal with like somebody like that? Yeah. So I, I do want to acknowledge that every person, especially a person that we would call difficult, um, is struggling. Everybody has struggles. We're all strugglers. We're all struggling. And we all have, we've all suffered a lot. And usually someone who we would call, quote unquote, a difficult person, they've probably been through a lot. And um, I have never, I have, you know, I have a lot of experience, but there's a lot of people have way more experience than I do. but. I have yet to meet an evil person. Like like I've I've met people who have done evil things. But I haven't met someone who is like uh oh, you know, you know, they wake up in the morning and they're like how am I going to destroy someone's life today? You know, how like I want like no one is saying I want to be difficult. Like I can't wait to be as today I'm going to be the most difficult I've ever been. Right? Usually, it's they're, they have a very unhealthy way of, of, of communicating that they want to be heard, communicating that they are in need. And so a lot of times why it's hard for us to deal with difficult people, and, and, and people can be difficult, like just to be clear, like mm-hmm. we all can be difficult. I can be difficult. But a lot of times dealing with a difficult person has to do with putting your own inconveniences and, you know, frustrations aside. Like, and, and kind of hone in on, this is a human being. Christ loves this person. Christ died for this person. As everything they're saying is probably because they're struggling. Uh, now, the next, so, so that will help us. Like, having that type of self-talk is very healthy, is very good. And, and it's what we should do as Christians, I think. Now, the next thing is, what is our role towards that person? Because sometimes, you know, if this happens at work, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you're not going to be everyone's therapist. You know, like, like you, can't, <laughs> you, you can't be like, oh, uh, hey, you're a difficult person. Or, hey, I'm sensing some difficulty from you. Um, you know, would you like to talk about it and your childhood and stuff? You can't do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so the, the, the least you can do is pray for them and not contribute to more difficulty, right? <laughs> um, also, you could try to get out of the way to protect yourself, which is very fine. Like, God is not asking you, unless you feel a very distinct calling, a clear calling, God is not asking you to walk into, to, to, to find suffering and walk into it. Like, he's definitely telling you if you find suffering, if you happen to come into suffering, that you deal with it in a healthy way. 
but but unless you're getting a clear calling to to walk into certain types of suffering it's okay it's generally okay to, to walk away from it sometimes so it depends on your role but what if what if a difficult person is your spouse what if that difficult person is your friend what if it's a person you're serving in sunday school what if it's you know what if you're um you know uh in a in, in a, some service at church and you're going to feed the homeless and you you hand food to to someone and they're they're difficult you know they're not they're not dangerous but they're mm-hmm. difficult yeah you know they're like i don't want to hear what you have to say you know like what are you what are you doing here you try to give me food you know and you, you can learn to respond calmly you know and like see what 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 could they need you know you could be like hey like you know what happened today like what's going on with your day like what happened or is this a, is this an extra difficult day for you or um or hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Did it offend you that I gave you food? Like, start opening up a conversation, you know? Um, or, or do you not like it when people give you food? Um, or is this not what you want? You want me to get you something else? And start start to like like lean in, you know? Like start to engage. Find like different. Like look at how Jesus dealt with the Samaritan woman. Look at how he dealt with the woman caught in adultery. The Zacchaeus, like the woman with the flow of blood. Like Jesus, the man with leprosy. Like Jesus had all these conversation you know starters you know like ways to kind of like get the conversation going why because he cared you know like he's like hey like i want to connect with this person let's find a way you know like let's 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 find a way like hey samaritan woman hey i'm like really thirsty can you please like you have a, a pitcher can you get me some water and the conversation gets started right and she goes, how can you be speaking to me? Don't you know you're a man? I'm a woman. You know, like, you can't. he's like, yeah, you know, and he, start, he starts going into it, you know, and sometimes he even, like, you know, ignores her, her point and just goes into another one. And so uh, that's how we need to be. Because, but if we're so distracted by how inconvenient this person's difficult, being difficult is, how uh, uncomfortable, how frustrating, maybe our ego is like, dude, don't you know I'm here to serve you? Like, what's wrong with you? No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Like, you know, we gotta be a, a bit more um, uh, agile and 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 considerate. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Okay, but do you think that it's always uh, like try to get into the conversation or start a conversation? Or sometimes do you think with these quote unquote difficult people, do you think sometimes you just need to set boundaries and like take a step away? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, uh, what we're not spending a lot of time on is like breaking mm-hmm. this out by what your role is and what the the. Yeah. The, the definition of the relationship is um but yeah i mean like for example if uh, you know if you have a friend who is treat is is being difficult by being very inconsiderate of your time mm-hmm. then you got to set boundaries mm-hmm. you know if you have a if you're in a yeah. romantic relationship and uh you, you know you're you're being disrespected you have to set boundaries like yeah. like like clear like clear boundaries right and, and you need to work through that so for sure again like god is not like is not asking you to like find suffer go look for suffering and sit in it you know and make sure you are abused like that's usually not the case there's there are callings like that but but usually it's not the case and and I also want us. I mean, another time, like the concept of your cross. Like some people say, oh, but this is my cross. 
I'm like, wait, 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 just one second. Before you just all of a sudden overly spiritualize what's going on, like, like maybe, maybe really what you need to be dealing with is your inability to be assertive, your lack of awareness of, you know, how you're being affected by, by unhealthy treatment. Because also you're, you're depriving the other person of a healthy response from the world. You know, like if they get away with it with you, they're just going to go to the next person and try to do it again and then again and then again. So we, we like by, by being lo- loving have to be truthful. Like, and if, if someone is being disrespectful and, and it's a, you have a, a way, an opportunity to respond in a healthy way, even if it, if it hurts, like you should do it. Um, Again, this is the general point, but every situation is different, yeah. and we could talk about different situations. But yeah, so the boundaries are a very healthy Christian thing. I mean, God sets boundaries, mm-hmm. he, he and He respects your boundaries that you set with Him. So, like, of course, I mean, he, uh, so um, yeah, you, boundaries are a very Christian concept. Yeah. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean you're 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 supposed to be mean. You're not supposed to be disrespectful. You're not supposed to be aggressive. Um, you're, you're, you need to be thoughtful about them, and, uh, but, but they're very important in life. I mean, and God gave us boundaries. Even our skin is a boundary. Our, our time is a boundary. Like, every, so God gave us so many boundaries, mm-hmm. so, so many like, examples of that. I mean, even when God says, yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no, that's a boundary. That's a way of setting boundaries. Like when you say no, that's a boundary, right? When you say yes, that's you showing where your boundary is and, and where it starts and ends. What are some ways or like tips that you have that are kind of to help boost mental health? I think that there's a lot of stuff like online that you could read. Oh, like you're struggling with mental health. Take a walk. Hmm. Listen to music. I mean, do those things really work or is it just kind of more of like a distraction? Yeah, I I mean, it's a this is a very like uh, the the answer is pretty established and, and it's doesn't I don't think we need to like reinvent the wheel on this point mm-hmm. um, but we, we do need to be careful about things that you know don't stress us out but are have a major opportunity cost and let me let me give an example like scrolling on you know TikTok or, or Instagram or whatever right that's probably like unless you're you're very insecure and you're dealing with self-esteem issues and you're comparing yourself to other people if we put that aside like that could not be stressful like it's not it, it might not like stress you out like and create more mental health issues but it creates a major there's a major opportunity cost which is the time lost that you could have been spending um doing something that will actually improve your mental health. Mm-hmm. The, the, of course, the simplest example, or one of the simplest examples, is just sleeping more. Like, like, there's a very high correlation between a healthy level, amount of sleep and having and being more resilient. And even it affects your, your diet and all this stuff. So, um, like, we need to, um, like... So, so just to give you the, the established answer is like, you know, sleep, diet, exercise, um, uh, uh, prayer, healthy relationships, uh, a general sense of purpose. Um, like, like, and then, of course, seeing a therapist if there's a specific thing they need to work through, which is very, very common. 
Um, and um, all those things are how you have good mental health and also being more educated about your mental health so that you're, you're quicker to identify issues before they grow to be very problematic. So, so that, those are, that's like the established answer, which is very right. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. What, what I'm more concerned about, because honestly, what I just said, you could just Google it. You'll find it. But, but what's a bit harder to find is what are you or what am I preventing myself from growing in or, or being benefited by because I'm wasting time on other things, on lower return things? And that's a big concern because the, the things that steal your time are things that are stealing your, your ability to live a better life for the rest of your life. And that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, it's a major, um, uh, like the word that comes to mind is pandemic, but that feels like uh, too soon. So like, you know, it's just it, like, it's a major issue, major, mm-hmm. yeah. major issue, because it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to be on it. Like it doesn't sting mm-hmm. to be scrolling on TikTok. Um, and then also it could give you, there's ideal, ide- like you have like create ideological issues. Like, you know, you start thinking that what you're seeing is true because yeah. it's published. So things that are published give us the impression that they had, that they're more authoritative. But, um, but yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, that was good. Yeah, that was yeah. good. Thank you. So you, wait, you brought up, so we brought up social media. So social media gives a platform for people to talk more about mental health, which maybe wasn't as big of a conversation before social yeah. media began. Yeah. But do you think that social media also has its like negatives on, so, on mental health? So, yeah, 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 yeah for so sure. How do you maintain that balance with social media? How do you use like reap its benefits and keep the conversation going without it letting it impact you negatively? Yeah, there's two things. I mean, one is like there is negative, unhelpful stuff on social media, and the other thing is like being more disciplined with your time. Mm-hmm. So we can take them in that order. Like, one is there's a the one of the 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 challenges that society is facing now is that anybody can be published anybody yeah. every anyone can have a platform like you don't have to be credible to have a platform you don't have to be right to have a platform you don't have to be good at what you do to have a platform anybody can have a platform uh and the platforms to the average person all look the same you know like it's it's all the same screen you're looking at mm-hmm. Like, like we're doing a podcast, yeah. right? We, we, we just created a platform for ourselves, you know? It's a big responsibility, but we could choose to be very irresponsible about this. Yeah. You know, like we could not prepare, we could not be, um, we could not care, you know? Like, like, like we could just not care and say mm-hmm. whatever we want. And it doesn't matter. We just want to record and be <laughs> heard, Yeah. you know? Um, so, but we have to take this, you know, of course, have to be responsible. So, um, so that's the first thing, which is that you, there's a lot of incorrect, like just flat out inaccurate messages. And, and it's a big deception that it, what's right for you could not be right for me. And what's right for me could not be right for you. Like there is absolute truth. You know, I mean, there's that in, the, in life. And that's a topic for another time. So, so we got to be careful about incorrect messages. But the other thing, though, is that the second point is that social media like in general which there's so much so much good in it by the way so much good so i don't i'm not trying to say it's, it's just 100 percent bad that's not what i'm saying at all it's like everything in life on earth you know it could be good and bad you know you could take it in a bad way 
social media is designed like there's PhDs and engineers and people going crazy, you know, to to find every way possible to keep you staring at the screen. So like basically what I'm trying to say is that there is very high incentive and very low cost to social media for taking your time. Like it doesn't cost social media companies a lot of money for your minutes, mm-hmm. for your seconds, for your hours. It doesn't cost them a lot of money for, for you like as an individual. But the cost to you of your minutes, hours, and seconds is very, very high because you don't have that many. Mm-hmm. We're going to die. Like we're all going to die, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, and, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. That's actually, it's a, it's a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to appreciate the finiteness and the limit, like the, the, the limitations of life because it, it all points to God anyway. Like life is not, life on earth is not about life on earth. And so we, we have to, what, what this forces us to do is like we now have like a, a very skilled and tempting and, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, like delicious, uh, e- like entity, like w- working so hard for our time. And it's very easy to just give it all mm-hmm. to these entities. And so what we need to do is be more purposeful and disciplined about our time. Like, like, hey, what am I going to do today? Like, what am I going to do? Where, like, who answers that question? I have to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if I don't have an answer, someone's going to have an answer. Social media is going to have an answer to that question. Yeah. It's not going to be the, the healthy answer, but they have an answer, which is keep staring at the screen. <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned prayer a couple, a couple times. So I was wondering, like, do you think there's a connection between spirit, like my spiritual life and my mental health life? Um, I feel like sometimes when I'm just, I guess, on a roll, when I'm praying a lot, when I'm reading the Bible a lot. Right after a retreat. Yeah, like right after a retreat or like I've just been to three liturgies or whatever. um, I just feel like I'm happier. My mental health is just, woo-woo. Yeah, it's it's because because when we pray, usually prayer is something we don't have a high priority on. Mm -hmm. So when we pray, we're becoming more integrated as a person. Like you're kind of becoming more centered because we are spiritual beings. So if we ignore this, our own spirituality, we're becoming disintegrated as human beings. Like we're becoming like all the components are not in harmony inside of us. So uh, when we pray, we're essentially renewing our connection with our purpose. We're renewing our connection with our identity. And we're also recalling and reminding ourselves of a lot of very important messages that God gives us. And we are making an investment in a relationship with our creator. Of course, if you are becoming more centered, more integrated, more in touch with your purpose, more, you know, having a clearer sense of your identity, like, duh your mental health is going to be better like it's it's a like honestly i don't know how your mental health could be worse could get worse um maybe though you could feel a little worse but maybe not mental health is not getting worse but you might feel a little worse because 
in your if you are so disconnected from God and you start to reconnect with him you're going to become your eyes are going to be opened you're going to become much more aware of your condition mm-hmm. and that could, you might what you might realize initially is like oh my gosh what did i allow to ha- to have happened to me like wh- how did i allow myself to get to this state but if you if you're in a in a theologically healthy place which can be helped by good spiritual resources um you will also have a message of hope right also i just want to say something which is feels very abstract is that it's not like when you're praying you're the only person who's active like god is active too like god is doing something too Mm -hmm. right even you know the saints are doing something the angels are doing something we say through the intercessions through the prayers of like like it's kind of like if i say hey can you pray for me please Mm -hmm. And if you say yes, or if you just come to him, Makar, I've been praying for you. Oh my gosh, like, thank you. That would be so much to me, you know? Like, thank you. It's the same thing if I say, hey, Saint, whoever, can you please pray for me? I need your prayers. Yeah. Like, pray for me, right? It's the same thing as that, just him asking you or asking your grandmother, you know, or your mm. grandfather, whatever. So, um, and, and in the Bible, it says that the Holy, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Or like like, there's prayer is a mystery, it's and and it's an act of love, and because you are you're connecting with with God Himself, and and the heavenly orders and the saints in paradise are are all praying with you. Like when you pray, there's a there's a major thing happening. Like even in um, in Luke 15, it says that the angels in heaven rejoice over a sinner who repents. Like. Sinner on earth repents. Angels in heaven are rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, a, there's a lot of. It's a very humongous thing. Praying, praying is huge, right? So we and we often neglect that. Um, so, so short answer is like it definitely will help your mental health. Shukran very much for listening to part one. I hate to do this to you, but you will have to wait till next week to hear the rest of it. Shukran very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>